Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So, all hell has broken loose with the Warriors, it feels like. It was reported by Shams that everyone but Steph Curry is available in a trade. And you got to take that with a grain of salt, but... It's also one of those things where that's how bad it is. For the second straight game, they got blown out, this time by the New Orleans Pelicans, 141-105. And that's a few days after getting blown out by the Toronto Raptors, 133-118, both at home. After that five-game winning streak where things felt pretty good, uh, the Warriors have gone two and six. And let's be honest, it's looking pretty, pretty pretty bad and there's there's a bunch of things to talk about um first i want to say you know now that draymond is coming back i think he will help them on the court but we know that they weren't playing that well to begin with when he was not suspended that being said other guys weren't playing as bad or were were playing worse back then too so clay is playing better Wiggins is still bad and consistent, but he's been a little bit better. And then, you know, some of the younger guys have taken a step up. But, but let's face facts, this team is completely disjointed. I think ever since that Denver loss where Jokic uh, hit that buzzer beater just past half court bank three-pointer and the Warriors blew an 18-point lead in the final six minutes of the fourth quarter... And then afterwards, it was leaked that Kaminga was unhappy uh, and lost faith in Steve Kerr. I feel like that is the gut punch that just ended this, right? Like, in hindsight, they have not been able to recover from that. Yes, they beat Detroit, but that's Detroit. Detroit has three wins to 30-something losses right now. So you can't count that. And plus, that was a game where they struggled the warriors struggled to put that one away it wasn't a clear victory so ever since then i think the warriors as currently constructed can't can't function that way you know yes peyton is hurt yes chris paul broke his finger but with chris paul that's what you gamble with with a 38 year old dude who has broken hands strained hamstrings all this stuff you know, it w- it was nice, I guess, to have him for a little bit, but he's clearly one of the biggest trade chips uh, that the Warriors have. It's funny because I remember talking to uh, uh, Dr. Pandya um, at the beginning of the season, and I half-jokingly, tongue-in-cheekishly said, what are the odds? Or do you think that Chris Paul will be here after the trade deadline? And we both thought that he would be uh, because... You know, like I was like, things are gonna have to be pretty dang bad to just tear the house down like that and to use that trade chip. And here we are. And honestly, they're probably worse than I could have ever imagined. Like looking at the Warriors right now, they're old. You know, even Steph with all the wear and tear and the load he's having to carry. And also, this is taxing on him too. He's been playing poorly. Clay has been shooting better, but we know that Clay's ceiling for his post injuries, uh, it's been reached. 
right? And will he stay at that ceiling? No, he's he's fallen off of it. Will he reach it? You know, maybe one every few games, right? And also defensively, he can't he can't stay in front of quicker dudes anymore. And then you have the young guys who just aren't there yet. I've said this before, and the Warriors, they messed up. They did not thread the needle properly. That is on Kerr. That is on the organization for picking and choosing the wrong spots, plain and simple, right? Like, hey, if Kaminga and Moody had gotten uh, some of the minutes that Anthony Lamb swiped last year that Kerr gave to this uh, uh, you know, two-way guy, because the Warriors were in a hole, because the Warriors were in a hole, because Draymond put them in that hole, because he blew up the chemistry. Plain and simple. Yes, there's other things that came up, but maybe I'm just a big defender of the youth because I don't like seeing uh, them just blamed for everything. But, uh, you know, this threading of the needle is is a failure. Plain and simple. It's a failure. And even with somebody like Pods and Trace Jackson Davis, as well as they've been playing, Think about it. If this team tried to use them a lot in the playoffs, they just would be more prone to mistakes. You know, you can't rely on them as much as uh, other dudes. And the way that they're playing so many minutes right now, as much as I like them, I mean, even if they were to turn it around a little bit, it's it's tough. It's tough to see happening. The chemistry is just blown. And one thing I got to take issue with is I've listened to some – national podcast. I listened to the Zach Lowe podcast. I listened to um, uh, the Bill Simmons podcast talking about the Warriors. And I read some tweets from Ryan Rossello. You know, I like those dudes. I listen to them uh, when they do talk about the Golden State Warriors. But I'm a little bothered by this narrative that's going around that Kaminga is some dude who shouldn't be speaking up that is some kind of malcontent, like a bad teammate who doesn't deserve to speak up because he hasn't done anything. I, I think that's I think that's BS. I think that's uh, just from an outsider's perspective, uh, a bunch of guys who have looked at the dynasty and just seen the vets and probably know the vets and like the vets and want to have the vets have a good relationship with the vets moving into the future in terms of working with them in media, working with them in having them on as interviews or being guests on their shows. I mean, you know, all that stuff, right? So uh, I think it's easy from the outside to blame the young guys. And I think Kaminga, I still stand that it would be dumb to trade him. But at this point, I'm just so tired of seeing what they got. I'm not saying just you know do whatever, but you have to look at all kinds of options if you're willing to go that far. If you're willing to go that far, because what we're seeing now is a terrible product. And it felt like when Steve Kerr put Wiggins and Kaminga in the starting lineup against Toronto, uh, he was kind of setting them up (laughs) to fail, to be honest, right? It's almost like one of these, I told you so. Look at this. This is what I'm talking about. And uh, I'm not saying that they're great together, I, I think what is the problem now is that Andrew Wiggins just isn't very good. And then also, when you have those two guys out there, it's not like having Iguodala. It's not like having Kevin Durant because you need 
other playmakers, other ball handlers, other creators, other quote unquote connectors, right? And so if you put them out there with Looney <laughs> uh, or with Trace Jackson Davis or, you know, that's not what they need to succeed. They need a Steph. They need a Draymond. They would have needed a Chris Paul. And that would have put them in the best situation to succeed. But don't get me wrong. The way Wiggins is playing right now, he's he's bad. He is playing bad. I don't know what is wrong with that dude, but I've said before, it's like you look at Clay, he played poorly, he's playing better. But Clay, I mean, he I, I would kill. I was going to say he would kill to have Wiggins' youth and health, right? But I would kill to, uh, for Clay to be 28 years old without any leg injuries. Do you remember how good Clay was when he was 28? And it's disappointing that Wiggins just ain't there. Uh, Draymond's coming back. Like I said, he's going to help on the court. But, you know, the irony is the Warriors are counting on some guy relying on some guy to be the savior when he's the one that started this whole blow up in the first place. You know what I mean? I was going through some old articles around the time of Dre punching pool and how Steve Kerr didn't suspend. I know it wasn't his call, but Steve Kerr, Lakeham, Myers, they didn't suspend Draymond uh, for ring night. And the idea is that if it was during the regular season and not opening night of the ring night and all that stuff, they would have probably suspended him. And so, I mean, it's just, you know, the basketball gods never mess around and they've played with it too much. They've played with it too much. And I think the Ubris, the enabling, the lack of accountability, it's all it's all there. And it's coming home to roost. And it's disappointing because I mean, let's face facts. Beyond last season, you go to this season, <laughs> things look good at six and two, but you know what it was? It was Draymond not being around, basically abandoning the team by, you know, this quote unquote leadership where he gets suspended twice. You know what I mean? And you get suspended twice. Wiggins isn't playing well. Clay isn't playing well. Looney is feeling the effects of all these consecutive games and whatnot. And Steph is playing well. And then the bench is playing well. So let's not get it twisted and start pointing at the youngsters for any of this. Uh, Pods and Trace Jackson Davis are overperforming, especially in a Golden State Warriors context, as rookies. You know what I mean? Like, they are doing so much. So there's no blame there. But then Kaminga and Moody, hey, you know, Moody has been as silent as a, as a Buddhist monk, right? And that hasn't gotten him anywhere. And when he plays, he plays well. And Kaminga, you know, he's been yo-yoed for so long. I have no problem with him speaking up. You're going to take issue with that more than Draymond getting suspended. You know, Draymond costs this. You know what I mean? He's the one. And I've always said I appreciate what he's done on the court and what he's brought. And to me, it's not about the losing. I've seen losing with his team, right, over the years before Steph into the <laughs> into the, the, the glory days of the 90s and the 80s. You know, I've seen that. And it's just how they're losing and how they got to this point. And that's 
what happens. And this is how empires fall. Not all great teams uh, go out the way they want to. You know what I mean? And it, it's a shame because everything felt like it was lined up. I know I kind of alluded to this in the uh, previous couple of episodes, but like everything was lined up to have this uh, Spursian, San Antonio Spurs-like uh, transition to the future. Name me a dynasty that had three lottery picks in two years. You know? And yes, the Wiseman pick did not work out. But hey, <laughs> you know, like it made sense at the time. You know, people, I, I wanted Anthony Edwards as well, and I wanted Halliburton. <laughs> but it is what it is. And that story is totally, it's his own epic story of terrible circumstances and just fits and starts, all that stuff, you know? And then you look at Kaminga. Right. It's like, I mean, it's like, come on, like we look at Kaminga and we look at the people drafted after him, whether it's uh, uh, Wagner and then after Moody, if it's uh, Sangoon, Trey, uh, Trey Murphy, third, who I actually also really liked. We don't know how good Moody can be. You know, I see people looking at the Warriors youngsters and being like, I don't see any stars here. And they may be right. You know, as big of a fan as I am of Kaminga, it's like. You want to see him succeed in the context of being brought up in this team. You know, you don't want him to put him out there as like the, the lone uh, potential star on uh, on a bad team just yet. And it's like, hey, maybe he turns out to be the the first player on a contender, you know, the best player. Maybe he's second, maybe he's third, maybe he's fourth. Is he uh, more a, and not in terms of playing style, but more in terms of like their ceiling for for like where they could slot on a on a title team. Is he more of a potential Kawhi down the road, or is he more of an Aaron Gordon, right? Some guy uh, who can do some things, but is ultimately best suited to be a cog in uh, a role player on a title team, not a role player on a bad team, because Aaron Gordon would probably be, you know maybe third or second on a terrible team, right? Uh, he was on Orlando, but a fourth best player. So it's coming a first, second, third, fourth. We don't know yet. That's the whole point. We don't know. We've seen flashes where he could be, you know, oh, is he a one or two? But then uh, we also see his shortcomings, but that's the problem with the way the Warriors have done this. They've had, a few shots at finding that bridge player. If you include pool in that, but it didn't work out. It didn't work out. So just the way it's been handled. And uh, again, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it's, it all started with the punch. It all started with a punch and it just destroyed everything afterwards. No, the Warriors weren't built last season with all the youngsters to be a dominating team. But they also weren't built to be as terrible as they were. You know what I mean? That punch happened. You lost a lot of dudes. Poole went off his own way. Who knows where Wiggins is now? And so, you know, make some moves. DeJounte Murray is a name that's going around. You know, Slater mentioned that one. Other people have mentioned that one. And, heck, you know, let's do it. (laughs) Do something. Because when you're Joe Lacob, it's like, 
at the end of the day, the product is bad. Because earlier in the season, the product was bad, but you're like, okay, there's some some hope here. There's a path. We've seen them figure stuff out before, but right now, this is beyond that. This is like bad team. You know, hey, maybe, maybe Draymond comes back and everything is all good. Uh, and they figure out their lineups and they start uh, Steph, Clay, uh, Kaminga, uh, Draymond, and Trace Jackson Davis. And that ends up working out. You know, and then you bring uh, Pods, Wiggins, Looney off the bench, Moody. You know, maybe, maybe you got something there. Maybe eventually Gary Payton the second comes back and he can actually play for a while or uh you know <laughs> maybe you package chris paul wiggins and or moody and or picks and try to get something something right i've said that if you trade wiggins and if you trade kaminga you're going to be at a athleticism deficit a massive one especially if you don't have gary payton the second and even if he does come back you can't rely on him the dude is injury prone great dude but like you know it it is what it is right uh and then you know getting a center who's a center that's out there people you know warriors fans can toss out names warriors media guys can toss out names but are they available what would it take i love nick claxton how do you get nick claxton i'll take jared allen how do you get jared allen are these guys even worth trading sure anybody can be moved but you would have to overpay if they're not on the block you know, is Siakam a guy that you want to mess with because he's not guaranteeing extension? I mean, you would have to re-sign him to make it worth it unless you just, like, wipe the slate clean. I don't think Siakam puts this Warriors team over anything, you know? He he creates some issues still, depending on who you still have in your roster in terms of outside shooting, spreading the floor and whatnot. So, as many people have said, the Warriors are not one trade away from being a contender at this point. You know, there's too much damage done and they could obviously still make the playoffs and then catch lightning in a bottle for 16 wins. Yeah, that's what us Warriors fans are are uh, hoping for, praying for, you know, that championship DNA that was just there. But let's let's face facts. You know, this is not 2017, not 2018. And this Warriors team uh, doesn't have those two way players. It doesn't have uh, these guys that can, you know, lock it down and just just do it, right? They haven't built that up. And then the, the old guys, they just can't. You know, who is your point of attack guy without Gary Payton II? It used to be Clay, And then in the death lineup, you had Iguodala. You had uh, even Kevin Durant. And before that, Harrison Barnes, all these switchable dudes. And now you have a bunch of guys who can do a little bit of something because Clay can't do that on defense he can guard small forwards and whatnot but he can't guard like quick two guards and crazy quick point guards so he's just less dimensional right (laughs) and then you have the young guys who still make mistakes and so they're not exactly there yet and that's on the team that's on Kurt and the booing and all that stuff it's like again I don't speak for everybody but for me the disappointment is how this is all going down the mistakes that they made uh, they deserve to have some arrogance, right? But uh, this is what happens when you kind of play with fire a little bit, right? 
Kerr said they had this under, you know, under control after the punch, you know, and that they had built equity in the team and what they'd built up and how they were going to move forward. And that got spent, that equity ain't there no more. You know, that is all gone. That, that was spent somewhere in the middle of last season. And, um, you know, here they are. So uh, I'm all for a trade. Let's change this up. Plain and simple. I don't want to trade Kaminga. I've said that. There's an episode about that. I, I still agree with that. But if you're looking at, like, let's trade anybody. Hey, anybody's on the table. I mean, I really don't think Draymond and, and Claire are on the table. But because uh, Kerr, Kerr and Steph wouldn't want that. But, uh, hey, what we're seeing right now is 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 terrible. And it, it it sucks to me because, like, I know that, you know, in that Toronto game, Scotty Barnes, uh, his whole thing was that he uh, is just a, a great, smart, all-around player, right? His, his thing was, like, he couldn't shoot well from the outside. He's better now. But Kaminga was his draft class. And to see how far Scotty Barnes has come and to know that Kaminga has not had the chance to get there. And don't get me wrong, I'm not expecting Kaminga his rookie year to play that much, right? But last year, and then some of the stuff this year, like, you know, speak up. So, you know, do it. Because, uh, you know, you're catch, catching the short end of the stick here. I started doing these community posts, these polls, these questions on YouTube. Um, it's kind of fun. Just uh, days I can't do episodes. I just like ask a question or whatnot. And I just wanted to to read some of the results of a couple of them. I said, uh, oh, here's the thing. Uh, what did you think of Draymond's podcast and uh, story about crying with Steve Kerr and saying he was going to retire? Uh, and then Adam Silver con- convinced him not to. Uh, 59% said not buying it. Rich Paul just crafted an excellent PR narrative. 23% said, I believe him. He's the victim of his reputation and welcome back. 18% said, doesn't matter. Dre wrecked this team the day he punched pool. So 59% not buying it. 23% said, yes, believe him. And then 18% say, doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, and my personal take on that thing, it's like I, I've said before, again, Draymond has every right to talk, but like I am so tired of him talking. I've said before, he paints himself as the victim in so many of these things. End of last season, he's talking about how his leadership was taken away from him. Ugh, come on, man. And th- and that's why. That's why. Like I'm not unthankful <laughs> for what he's done on the court and in the four titles and forgiving of some of the stuff that he's done on the court to blow a title, to to cost us Kevin Durant. Like, you know, whatever. You know, like, I mean, Kevin Durant was was already on his way out and et cetera, et cetera. The 2016 title, that still burns. But like, you know, that's fine. But like all this stuff where he punched pool, he's acting like something was done to him. He wasn't even suspended by the Warriors. You know, something was done to him. And so he could not be a leader the way he wanted to. Well, you know what? You weren't a leader the way you wanted to when you punched pool. And that was it. And now I said he's costing Steph his prime. People can argue with me whether or not Steph is in his prime. Clearly, he is struggling right now. But 
in general, when we're talking about wasting Steph's, you know, this part of his career, that's Draymond, man. <laughs> How many games has he abandoned the Warriors by getting ejected, getting suspended, and not being there, not being smart, and sticking with his team when they needed him? This all fell apart. I mean, remember, it was that game, that Suns game, that Suns game where Steve Kerr changed the second half starting lineup. He replaced uh, Wiggins with uh, Pajemski and Looney with Kaminga. So basically it was uh, Steph, Clay, Pajemski, Kaminga, Draymond, Draymond in center. And they were playing well. That's a decent lineup, you know, especially the way Pods was playing back then. You had shooting. You had ball handling, you had athleticism, you had youth, uh, you had defense, more or less, you know? I mean, you know, pods, whatever. But he tries, he battles, you know? And that worked for a little bit until until Dre disappeared. So here we are, you know? He says he's costed the Warriors a lot. (laughs) Man, somebody should ask him to list what he's cost the Warriors. I'd want to hear that because it, it always feels like he's just trying to uh, uh, talk his way out of stuff. And then this whole idea of like retiring. I mean, I honestly think it's just, come on. You know, he has a $100 million contract on the table. He's not going to leave the NBA with his uh, reputation being shredded. And he's not going to leave with his last basketball action being uh, smacking Nurkic in the face and getting ejected for getting grabbed on the hip. So, I don't know. Uh, it is what it is. Uh, it's just an opinion. But, uh, you know, the whole thing was like, it was all very well crafted. Draymond is very smart and he's very good at media stuff. And Rich Paul and whomever else PR wise is, is, is helpful. So I, I, I'm going to say what I said at the end of last season. Uh, I'm going to pull for Draymond on the court and just try to, cancel the noise off of it. Unfortunately, a lot of it has just been off of it lately. So uh, it is what it is. I was, I was willing to just move on as a lot of Warriors fans were. Things were were good vibes, but, you know, stuff just doesn't go away because you hope it will. Anyway, another thing is uh, this was my uh, question. What's your ideal Warriors starting lineup? Uh, 75% said Steph, Clay, Kaminga, Draymond, Trace Jackson, Davis. That's the one I want to see. That's the one I want to see. Yeah, Trace Jackson Davis makes some mistakes and, you know, struggles against, like, bigger, more uh, experienced, skilled centers. But, yeah, maybe swap uh, swap Looney in for some of those. But who knows? Who knows? Um, I'll take that one. The one that got the least was 3%. Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Kaminga, Draymond. And then uh, a lot of people just don't want to see Clay or Wiggins in the lineup at all. So... Uh, it is what it is, but I will end this by, uh, you know, saying, yeah, check out these polls. It's kind of fun to interact with folks. I don't have to do a podcast episode to, to, to have some opinions with y'all, but also it's like, Hey, thank God it's just basketball, right? (laughs) It's just sports. So we'll see what happens as these weeks go by. But, uh, yeah, hope you guys are uh, staying happy with other other things and taking care of your mental on this because this is, this is a drag, yo. All right, that's all I got. 
All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs. <laughs>